are back for another episode of Hugh I Do. I'm Tania. And I'm Ashley. And we are here today to talk to a lovely guest. That we got to meet back in, what was that, September? It was a, it was a minute ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, yeah. Guest, introduce yourself. Awesome. My name is Michaela Johnson. Um, I am a bridal stylist. Um, and we met, like I said, back in sometime in 2019, September or so. And I was Ashley's wedding stylist. Yes. She brought me to the dress, which I didn't realize at the time. <laughs> but we can talk about that. <laughs> later um but i am truly grateful truly truly grateful because who we went to six shops almost went to nine and then i was like uh uh-uh. okay now all these dresses are looking the same let's just go back to because only one dress stood out only one dress did not feel or look like the rest so I knew that was the dress. So. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have found it on my own, I'm sure. So, forever grateful for you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm proud of you that you said yes to your moment. You went back to that. That's everything that I love to hear. So, congratulations to you. Yay. And honestly, Michaela, I feel like you were the best stylist that we had out of all the stores that we went to. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I kind of feel like like you made it fun, you know? You set the tone. And then after that, it was just like, it felt like it went downhill. It did. (laughs) Everywhere else just felt like you were a name, like another person, like a number rather. Uh Uh-huh. So... Didn't get that intimate kind of like experience, nor did I feel like any of the dresses were also custom. All the places we went to, all the dresses that I tried on, they pretty much looked the same, felt the same. All of the respective stylists at those stores kind of got you in and got you out. You know, mm-hmm. it, it felt like a kind of a factory. Um like, okay, let me go grab you some dresses. None of those dresses were anything like what I wanted or liked or felt like they were sized appropriately or whatever. And so I was just like, I'm over this. So <laughs> over it. And then I went back through, started looking at those pictures. And I was like, you know what? This is it. Mm-hmm. This is it right here. So... Anyway, enough about me. How was your day, Ashley? Straight. Busy. Busy, busy. Gotcha. How about your day, Michaela? My day wasn't too bad. Um, It kind of went outside of the plan of how I thought today went, but all in all, it was still good. Not complaining. Very good. My day was very productive. I edited a podcast. And so, um, yeah, I was happy that I got it done early because usually I'm sitting at the desk for about eight hours. It's usually like a work day for me. Um, However, today I think I only took maybe three and a half hours. So I was very proud of myself. I'm getting faster at it. So, yeah, very productive. Mm -hmm. Okay. How is wedding planning going, Ashley? Ooh, um... Well, pretty much all the vendors have been locked in and booked. Um, I think I finally know how I want to wear my hair. Now it's a matter of figuring out who's going to do it and testing that first. So that's exciting. I don't think I have anything else. Like the save the dates went out. Some people, a lot of people I'm guessing got there. Some people just didn't tell me. Whatever. A lot of people didn't flip to the other side because I sent out postcards. So that's been fun trying to get everyone to 
go to the wedding website, but beyond that, good stuff, good times. But, uh, all right, let's get into talking about bridal styles, bridal clothes, bridal dresses, jumpsuits, all that good stuff with our lovely stylist. I'm excited for this because I feel like this is like one of the most important parts of the process. And so I'm excited to talk to you. So let's get on into these questions. So Michaela, how long have you worked in the bridal gown industry? At this point, I think I just crossed over into my fourth year. Um, I I want to say I started December of, it's either 2016 or 2017. I can't really remember one of those years, but I, didn't, I know it was soon after graduating college for me. Okay. All right. For all of those people listening that don't know the different dress silhouettes, can you kind of describe them for us? Yes, I can. Um, so our basic, typically you have four basic silhouettes that, of course, some can cross in between. Some are better for different different body shapes, but you have your number one, everybody knows our ball gown. Our ball gown is a very big bottom Typically, in the torso, it fits closer down to your hip line. So wherever you place your hand, usually that's where it poofs out and gets really big. It's usually big because of a hoop skirt underneath or it has multiple layers. But it's usually something fitted throughout the silhouette, and then it goes out. Those are like, oh, those are part of girls. I'm like, I want to be a princess. I want, this is my day. I want to you know, wear a tiara and a crown. Ball gowns are typically for those girls. Next, getting kind of smaller, we have the A-line style, which is a little, to me, a watered-down version of a ball gown, but still different. Um, It's different because whereas the ball gown hits typically closer to the natural waistline, our A-line hits at our closet hits at our hip line, our, nat- our A-line hits at our natural waistline. So wherever that really defines the smallest portion of our waist, that is good for those that need help in their body shape, really defining where their waistline to give them that definition of the smallest part that really shows off that hourglass part of um, them. And then usually has a bottom that's really flowy or um, something with a lot of movement. So again, fit it up top but not as big as a ball gown. Then getting into our straighter silhouettes, I call them, we have our um, fit and flare. I call everything fit and flare because that's like the umbrella of everything. That's where our mermaids come from, our trumpet styles, things like that. But typically I say fit and flare because they all do the same thing. They fit throughout the waist. Um, And then at some point, either in the knee, in the thigh, or in the the closer to your shin, it, that's when the out, the poof comes out. Either your your flare out can be really small or it could be really, really big and voluminous. Um, and that's where our girls with our good curves comes in. If you really want to show off your hourglass or body shape, you want to show off your hips, those are really good for you. Um, and last is a sheath. A sheath is a or a column dress, they also call them, is a dress style that fits mainly straight down. It takes a lot of shape to what your body already does, so there's not a lot of structure. Like a fit and flare, the structure and the fit and flare makes it go in and out, whereas your sheath kind of just falls over your body. So if you naturally already have hips, you just want to show off your hips a, li- a little bit, but not emphasize them like a fit and flare does. Um, kind of use an example maybe like more like bridesmaids dresses can kind of look like column style dresses or sheath dresses but there are some really creative sheath dresses i think sheath dresses don't get as much shine as the other silhouettes but if you really look there are some great silhouettes too i agree i feel like you don't hear a lot of people talking about a good or you don't see a lot of sheath dresses or if you do i feel like it's that bride or the older bride that this is like her second marriage or something. So it can either be like really simple or maybe like very beaded. Um, but there's not like a lot of shape. It just takes on whatever the shape that she has. Or it may not also have, 
Elena also have a really big train. She's dresses also typically in closer right. to your feet as well. So I you do see that with the older brides because they're like, ah, I really don't want to go through all that like the first wedding. I just want to wear something that feels special, but not have all of the extraness as a typical bridal gown. Um, or just girls that don't feel like a train is necessary. Um, and you see that you get a better train size or something that's not as gigantic in a sheet style. That's it. Okay. Perfect. So what silhouettes are popular among black brides? My lovely black sisters love fitting flare dresses. That's just <laughs> our number one go-to. Sometimes I think it's a little outdone, but of course mm-hmm. our bodies really are made for them. They We carry them really well to show off our styles. And then again, depending on where the flare out or how big the flare out is, when you have more dramatic brides that really want to be the divas of the night, that's really how they can really show off their curves, but then still wear something that feels like a really great gown, things like that. So that is actually you don't see us wearing a lot of A-lines, especially you don't see us wearing a lot of ball gowns sometimes, but our, our in the African-American community, our number one style, hands down, is fit and flare, mermaids and trumpet style. Definitely. Mm-hmm, makes sense. What trends do have you noticed that the girls like on their dresses? Like, is it a lot of lace? Is it beading? The big trains? Like, and I'm and when I say the girls, you know, I mean us. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, trends. Really, I think it's hard to label a trend on all of us because even in our similarities as black women, we also have a lot of difference. So you have some black girls that are very traditional and want to make sure they have more bling and lace, the combination of the two. You have some that are not really blingy at all. But as far as trends right now, I think we're playing a lot with color. We are straying away from um, ivory dresses, um, which is not bad at all. I'm here for it. I love the trend. I think it represents each person differently and just saying that as a bride, you have to wear white. We're, we're kind of done with that. So you have a lot of champagne tones coming out, some blushes coming out that we kind of shine in and feel more comfortable than just wearing the staple white dress. I mean, I'm just thinking of pictures I've seen, like, on Instagram. I don't think pure white is that girl anymore, or even that kind of ivory that's still very, like, white, white. So, yeah. Okay. I'm actually kind of happy to see that there is some change. Um, I know we touched on this earlier, but, you know, a lot of the dresses do look the same. So I'm I'm happy that we are experimenting with you know adaptive color what bridal styles do you think are on the come up whether it's like for the reception the ceremony is there anything you think that's like getting its feet wet right now black dresses as far as color black dresses are coming on the scene as far as that and also totally different silhouettes people wanting to wear short styles or one thing i've been seeing a lot lately on instagram is something that's more like earthy so it has their dress has a lot of movement a lot of flow to it even though it still might be technically a sheath dress or fit and flare like they're playing with different fabrics a lot of silks and things like that um to play on the aesthetic of whatever the wedding is i think that's been getting a lot of shine right now what are the biggest misconceptions about bridal gowns like if your knowledge consisted of just instagram as far as the dress itself or the experience Mm, we can do both okay centered around the experience i feel like because of social media i feel like there's a need to see everything because we have it all on our hands. We have Pinterest, we have different designers, Instagrams that we can see every style. So when it's every, people's turn to try on, 
they feel like they have to see everything and that's not the case. So it's just like, I have to try out everything. I have to see everything before I know what's best for me. And I think because that is in the forefront of a lot of our brides' minds, they miss out the, on the one that was for them because I just have to see everything first. And kind of like you said, Ashley, all of these dresses start to run together. They're basically the same silhouette with different things on them. Replace this lace with another lace. Replace this beating mm-hmm. style with another beating style. So it kind of yep, hinders yep. us and helps us. But as far as the experience in the dress itself, letting that moment kind of come to you. I think sometimes your dress chooses you than you choosing your dress. So that's one thing I feel like um, is also kind of a misconception because in the search, if we're trying to rush it, we kind of can let it pass by. But when you start to feel everything, that rightness, that confidence, that beautiful, that I can see me walking down the aisle with this on, if we are rushing through that, that can be lost. I definitely agree. That is very true. I think the reason why I went through so many shops and tried on so many dresses was because I looked online and compiled all these dresses on Pinterest and looked at these pictures on Instagram and I saved them and then you start to like okay well this shop has this designer or this place has that designer so then you go and they might not have that dress in your size in that store or they might not have that dress at that store at all but they do carry that designer and so it's like still trying to get close to kind of what you saw online so then you got to try on every single dress and then it becomes taxing like it's an emotional oh yeah it's so emotional because it's like Am I going to find the right dress? Because you're thinking of like three or four or five dresses that you saw online that you think look good. And even if they do maybe have it in the store, they might not have it in the color you want. So then you don't want to just like take a chance and just buy the dress without knowing what the color really looks like. Because their ivory or their champagne or their rose or their whatever could be a whole different, you know, color than the next designer. So it's just this whole process. And it's all because we had access to these designer websites, these different, you know, like Instagram accounts and stuff like that. And these ads pop up because they know you've been dress shopping or looking up dress stuff. So then you start getting served all these ads. So, yeah. It's a lot. I I also feel like a part of it is a fear of missing out. That's it. So, (laughs) and so, you know, of course, all our friends are getting married. So you see their dresses and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I can't wait to find my dress. and And I pray that it's that beautiful. So, you know, you'll try on a dress at one store and it's like, mm, there has to be something else out there. So I feel like it's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of FOMO. Right. And to Ashley's point, as far as saying that you see this style online and you're searching everywhere to have that. And in the moment, if they even did have it, sometimes I have brides that are waiting for this moment. Oh, I've been looking at this online for so long. Now I'm ready to put it on. And they're putting, they put it on and they're kind of underwhelmed. Like that's not what I thought it was going to be. And even though the gown is is beautiful, it may not just be your gown. So instead of setting our hearts on one thing, like putting all of our eggs in one basket, if I want to preach anything to us being prepared, it's kind of just keep an open mind. Um, And then also letting your stylist guide you. Hopefully everybody gets to have an experience with a good stylist. Everybody might not, but in the case that you have a good stylist, kind of letting your stylist guide you into the parts of the dresses that you're trying, even if it's the dress that you might ultimately not like on your body, there's parts of it that you do like. Oh, well, I like this back, so I would like to find a style with this back on another dress. And putting those pieces ultimately together to find the gown that you like the most instead of trying to recreate this dress that's been in your mind for so long. Definitely. 
So what complaints or comments have you gotten from brides that are shopping for their dress? So maybe they came across you in their first store or maybe their third store or what have you. So what comments have you, like, if anything has stood out? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I just feel like when some level of boundary is is put up that that person was not expecting, I come in to find out this this dress is unavailable in the size and you can't get it or it doesn't come in color options or things like that. Sometimes it's not necessarily that I always get it from the bride, but sometimes it's the bride's family members. It's the mom. It's the best friend that is adding commentary that is not adding to the moment, but almost taking away that me as a stylist, I kind of just have to learn how to keep the focus on the, the positives or the options that the bride may have. Um, I can't think of anything specific right now as far as stories, but that's cool. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, I will say when it comes to comments like that, it's not always from the bride. Sometimes it's more from other people than the bride. Mm, that sounds right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So next question. What should brides know before dress shopping? The best question. Um, I love this question. You should know as a bride, number one, that like I said, going back to that thought earlier, to keep an open mind, if you do your research, I'm not telling anybody to not fall in love with a gown and pictures, but kind of just notice the pieces that you like the most. Um, but when you go into your appointment, know that all of that can change. I always tell my brides, 95% of the time, what somebody said that they thought they want at the beginning is usually not what they're leaving with. And that's just because of that openness to try on things that they thought they weren't going to like. So that, oh my gosh, I'm not wearing a strapless, anything strapless, do not give me a strapless, I want sleeves, I want straps and something. And then finding out that that actually is best for their body type and being surprised like, oh, I could have knocked this dress out when this is a dress that was ultimately for for you. So always keeping an open mind to trying on multiple styles. Knowing who to bring to your party is important. I understand that we want to have mama, auntie, cousin, everybody there. (laughs) But this is a a day that can get very overwhelming, especially with the Mm -hmm. wrong voices. If we have the right voices, those that are here to encourage you and help you through this process and not tell you what to do that helps the process go even better. I know especially mom can um, be like, well, I'm paying for this dress, so I want this. We got to kind of work through those relationship dynamics because um, at the end of the day, I'm always encouraging my bride, hey, this is you that has to wear it. This is you that has to feel confident in it. And it's the most self-expressive gown that you're ever going to wear not mom's dress you're not mom you're you're you so so wear what is best for you and then lastly shop when you're ready trying on dresses ahead of time or trying dresses outside of your budget let's be realistic trying on dresses outside of your budget does not help you can't fall in love with something that you can't have and that hurts people in the wrong long end then then help us so I think those are all the like mental prep things that each bride can do going into trying on dresses. I say keep a, if when it comes to scheduling our, our appointments, when you're ready, if like you're making a day out of it, always know that you can cancel appointments, that if you don't want to go to another place, if you found your gown, don't feel the need to keep looking unless something in your heart says keep looking. Um, that also I feel like people getting drained by the end of the day because you feel like you have to go to every appointment and that's not necessary either. So I think those are the, my, my best tips as far as how to prepare yourself for your appointments. Very good. I have a follow-up question. Um, what are the difference between bridal gown shops? As far as shops, they're like 
you have your boutiques, you have more couture-like shops, you have warehouses type of places. Um, in each one, it's important to know where you're going. You have stores that can buy your bridal store, I mean, bridal, your bridal gown outside of the store, literally come in and leave with a dress that day. All stores don't work like that. You have other stores where it's more high-end bridal styling and there is an expectation of when the dress comes in, if it's going to be tailored to you, if you get to make any changes on your dress, or there's other shops where this is the dress that they're selling. There might be color options. There might be different lip length options. Um, but it's just standard sizing with the dresses. And I think that's important to know because it's not at the same for every store. I don't think that you should limit yourself to which store you should go to. It's just knowing what, and it's something about that store before walking in always helps to know what kind of experience you're going to have. Makes sense. Yeah. Can you explain for any listeners that might not know what like um, trunk shows are or um, what it means to have like a designer come into the store? Yeah, um, I I definitely can understand this. The first time I heard of a trunk show, I just I I was like, what is what is this? So <laughs> that can be an unfamiliar um, topic, but a trunk show is when a designer usually a, that store usually already sells items from that designer but you get to see an entire collection from that designer so if they are coming in let's say their new spring 2020 line they kind of get the first glimpse of trying everything seeing all the silhouettes all the different styles in that collection and being able to order them in that time then after the trunk show leaves, usually that store may keep only a few sample dresses of that, but that's the only time you can preview literally an entire book collection. So if you know that a certain designer, you love this designer's work, you love everything from them, this is like that's kind of your chance to capitalize off of um, this that moment <laughs> and and seeing everything that designer gets to happen because most stores don't carry a designer's entire collection. Um, and the way that you find out about um, trunk shows is really just following bridal stores, Instagram sites. They always announce when they're are about to happen. And yeah, I think that's covering basically the basics of trunk shows. It's just like a, a preview of something that everybody else doesn't get to see yet, having first dibs on it. Gotcha. Okay. Are, um, do trunk shows provide discounts or no? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes it's um, from the ones I've seen and experienced. Yes, they have. I don't want to speak for everybody. Um, but that is a good time of like, if you're going to go ahead and purchase from this line, we'll go ahead and do a 10% off or something of that nature. Um, so I have seen that be done before. Okay. Okay. So how has Say Yes to the Dress influenced dress shopping? Whew. <laughs> Goodness. Um, they have is the staple, it's the standard of how an experience is supposed to go, how people are supposed to act. It is what all people know if you have never set foot in a bridal store. Um, is it a good thing? Sometimes it's a bad thing. Sometimes because I say sometimes bad because people don't let a moment happen organically they're trying to mimic what they've seen on tv but i can't be mad say yes to the dress inspired me to be a, a, a bridal stylist um now that i'm a stylist i can't watch that show anymore <laughs> but it, it is what we know about the bridal our first glimpse of of the bridal world for a lot of people so um it it helps because if people know the standard that you're going and you try on different things, you get to show off to your friends and family. And ultimately, you say if you want to get purchase a dress or not. But of course, it's TV, so they emphasize a lot of the drama, a lot of the conflicts between this person and this person. So that's where the downfall kind of comes. But it, um, 
it's a great show <laughs> at the end of the day. True entertainment. How many people should a bride bring with them to go dress shopping? Also, should a bride bring her groom and should they bring her wedding planner? How many people should they bring? I say nowhere between three and five. Four is a good average because if you're thinking you have your mom, you have maybe the future mother-in-law, you have a close friend, maybe a sister. Most times people can get to four. So I say no between three to five. Should you bring your groom? I'm I'm not one of those people who are like, yeah, groom, come on in, but I've seen it happen. But I've I've seen a couple of downfalls of bringing your groom. Men really don't get the difference in dresses. Men really don't know all that goes into that process. And I'd rather them see the unveiling of, you know, seeing the day of of what you're going to look like. Um, Some people feel like they need their fiance support. That's totally fine. Or some fiancés are actually not opinionated so um it's up to that person but i vote for leaving fiance at home (laughs) as far as wedding planners that is not a concept that i have wrapped my head around yet (laughs) um i don't i don't get it because in a lot of times your wedding planner is somebody that you honestly just met um exactly i've seen wedding planners rush abroad into multiple stores and saying you need to go here 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 um i've yeah to this day i've not had a successful appointment fully with the bridal stylist that is involved so i think that needs to be personally your own journey with the people that know you best um unless you and your wedding planner have been friends for years then i by all means, but I I don't I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um when a bride is trying on dresses, does she need to bring shapewear? If they plan on wearing it the day of their wedding, yes. I know some people that don't want to wear shapewear at all and you rather get a dress that compliments you the best way without wearing shapewear so if shapewear if you don't play on wearing shapewear because you don't want to feel like having all on that tightness and all that then then don't do it um if you already know that that's something that you need that will make you feel more comfortable as a bride then yes um i just say any undergarments that you're already planning on to wear even the same for a bra if you know that you're not going to wear a bra, then you don't have to wear a bra in your appointment. The only thing mainly all stores require is just underwear and <laughs> should be wearing some anyways, but <laughs> you should wear some underwear. Um, and everything outside that point, bringing strapless bra, no bras, shapewear, that's that's up to you if you want to always have it as a backup that's also a smart one as well okay is there champagne involved like during the whole bridal shop experience yeah that is depending on the bridal store um i know it's usually not fond of when guests bring their own champagne um mm. there's actually like some illegal side that people don't know that you can't have poor have a pouring license and things like that that part i'm not too sure of but always call to see if the store has champagne instead of bringing your own um i've heard of horror stories from bridal stores across it was like some facebook group where this person said they brought in their own champagne, they popped the bottle and bust a hole through the ceiling and uh, knocked the light out and stuff like that. Oh so gosh. it's like, if, if, if it's not already provided from the store, then either just go have a drink before or after, but don't <laughs> invade somebody else's face. This is somebody's store that at the end of the day that they like to take care of and keep 
nice and things like that. So if they don't have it, then it's okay. If they do, more the merrier. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, don't pop bottles. This is not the Jay Z and uh, uh, who else was in that video? Girl, they Somebody, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know what yeah. song you were going for. So. <laughs> Anyways, um, what don't most brides know about gown alterations? Mm, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So, um, first and foremost, I'm really surprised at how many people think the alterations is included in your dress um most times it is not the way things work nowadays is that the dress just comes in standard sizing um for for most traditional places and what makes the dress look perfect on a body is alterations alterations are best done when it's at least being started six to eight weeks from the wedding day so nothing that is too far in advance or too close in it um to the wedding so that you are as close to bridal shape as you're going to be i know a lot of people we have our weight goals um some people whatever the case may be you don't want to start your alterations too far in advance that if you have any physical changes closer to the wedding that you have to get additional alterations done on top of the dress um, so finding a good happy medium and start your alterations. And then also knowing who your seamstress is, researching some of their work, asking to see some, some of their pictures, because there are also horror stories of people taking their dress to a seamstress and them jacking it up in not the best ways. Um, so I've, I've had people come in a week before the wedding, hey, my my wedding is on Saturday and my dress is like trash. I need a new dress this weekend. Stuff like that happens. Um, and it's avoidable if you know about your seamstress. Wow. Mm. And I will say that. And um, last thing is that alterations cost money, especially if you have a good quality alter, um, a good quality seamstress. People ask me how much, seamstress can start to run you and I don't ever want to put a price on alterations because it's really up to that bride what needs to be done on that dress and also that seamstress I look at seamstress I being independent contractors across the board a hem can cost differently between three different seamstresses so that is also something but I say averagely prepare for more or less than $300 if you're getting a hem if you're getting a bustle if you're getting parts taken in and the bus waist or hips that's usually starting to run you around $300 um but then people are trying to do other additions to the dress. I want to add these straps. I want to add the sleeve. I want to take this, add this. That's when it starts to rank up when you want to add your own personal touches as well. Before we keep going there, I just thought of another um, rattle shop question. And what are your thoughts on these shops that don't allow their customers to take pictures? I, I ultimately think it hurts the store um, compared to stores that do allow you to take pictures. Um, when you have brides that are more indecisive and need to go back to look at a dress or look at how they look in it or how it's photographed, um, if that's all that they have of that dress, that might make them lean to a store that did allow them to take pictures. Um, it's, it's a lot to take in in that one moment. You're already trying on dresses for the first or second time. And then on top of that, um, you're expected to just remember how you looked in it. So it's, it's really interesting. I know sometimes it's to keep the integrity of a dress for that designer. So styles are not recreated. Um, but I understand the business side. But on the personal side, that also I, can, I know for a bride that can hurt a, hurt a bride when they can't look back to see to help them make their decision. So I know more and more stores are starting to let you take pictures or people are surprised when they let you take pictures, but it's 
it's always best. Like I said, knowing their research about that store beforehand has something that you can always find out before going. Okay. It's crazy because out of this, all the stores that we went to and all the stores I went to in the past, I think only two stores actually allowed us to take pictures. Everyone else had a sign posted saying that we could not take pictures, you know, inside the store because it was a, um, a legal issue or something like that. And I was just like, huh? Because <laughs> I, I mean, because I had never seen that before. So um, I guess it's a thing now. More than ever now, um, surprisingly. And then you, I, I will also see. I will also say I see that more with higher end stores, more couture stores, um, where that's not accepted. Gotcha. They don't want you getting the dress from somewhere else or trying to make it yourself or taking it to like the home girl that can throw together a dress. Girl, because that would be me taking it to a home girl. All right. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. What's the bustle for the girls that don't know? A bustle. A bustle is for our train. Gather, this is hard to explain without actually showing a dress. But basically, everybody's like, okay, well, if I have this big old huge train, what am I supposed to do for the reception when I'm ready to dance? When I'm supposed to walk around and greet people? Are people just going to be stepping on my dress all night? Um, <laughs> how is this going to work? So that's where a bustle comes in because your seamstress is going to do a bustle and there's two different styles of bus- bustle. There's an American style bustle, no French style bustle. Um, but it basically gathers and drapes your train so that it looks like it's all brought up and kind of, like I said, draped in the back where the train is no longer dragging behind you. One misconception about a bustle is that there, the loop that is underneath the train and like when you're supposed where it's supposed to have it's originally for hanging up your dress and bringing up your your train when you're hanging it up but a lot of people like to take that loop from underneath the dress and wear on their wrist maybe that's something they used to do in the old times but that's not what that loop is for (laughs) um what brings up your (laughs) what brings up your train is bustling it and like I said there's two different styles and one is the French style is gathered from underneath that looks really old to me I don't think that's as popular but it looks best on some um styles um or the American style which is like it looks like drapes on the window where it's kind of picked up and lays really nicely um like I said this ultimately takes the the train off the floor so it's not dragging behind you anymore okay gotcha And our last question is, when should a bride start dress shopping? When should a bride start dress shopping? So we are in a day and age where a lot of stuff is starting to be more accessible than it used to. For, and I say that because like now it's getting really popular for people to just buy dresses online. Like, surprisingly, there are wedding dresses on FashionNova.com. And for some people, that might work, and some people, it won't. But when it comes to traditional designers, when you go to a store, if you order a gown, usually it takes six to eight months to to be shipped in for for that bride to have. So because of that, a lot of people were starting to shop at least a year in advance of the wedding date. Does that happen all the time? No, because like I said, now you're seeing dresses that are available online um, or even the store that I'm associated with now is now available to be shipped to you in five to seven business days. Um, so it really depends on exactly where you're looking, but if you're looking more the traditional route, I say anywhere between that six months to a year period to 12 months period out from your from your wedding date is when you can start because you have to think, number one, it has to ship in to me. And then I also need to have it in time to start alterations as well. And you can't do a lot of that altogether unless like for you actually you bought your store from I mean you bought your dress from a store where you bought your dress and took it home so if that's the case you really didn't have to wait a whole year out um 
some people can go into that store and leave with a dress and get married two months or a month from there. So again, that's all knowing the type of stores that you need to go to interested in their ordering process or whatever the case may be to know when you're going to have it, when you can start alterations and will everything be perfect by the day of the wedding. Okay. Thank you. You dropped a lot of gems. Yay. A lot of gems. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking of more questions mid conversation, but that was perfect. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Not going to let you go just yet. We're going to get into these unsolicited... Um, Advice. Thank you. Because I was like, what? what is it called? <laughs> it's <laughs> long day, long day. Um, all right. So unsolicited advice for today. Kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier when talking about myself. But um, if you are going to pick postcard for your save the date style think about these things if you're putting something on the back maybe put a note on the front to let people know to flip the back you would think people would just do that they do not and (laughs) also be very um conscious of the weather because different mailboxes if it's raining your postcard could get ruined um you might have to send more. So I would suggest getting more than usual postcards if that's the route you're going to go. However, postcards are cheaper than magnets. So if you want to get a magnet, get a magnet. It's just like probably 30 cents more. Um, but that's up to you. Live your life. Do what you do. Spend the money how you want to. And we can get into wedding vendor love where we encourage brides to you know pay it forward and we encourage everybody to basically there's there's some vendor out there that deserves some love and this is our time to give it to them so Michaela we're gonna start out with you who you want to shout out I first want to shout out um the wedding planner that I started working with that introduced my whole world to weddings. Um, her name is Zephany Carlette with Z Carlette Events. Her Instagram is the Atlanta Wedding Planner. So she's based in Atlanta, but she does travel. Um, I started working with her back in 2016. And I, like I said, she gave me the rundown of all wedding planners to the point where she even did my brother's wedding. So she became almost like that key person because they knew that I worked with her and knew her great work that my brother and his wife hired her and hands down, it was a wonderful wedding. So that's my wedding vendor. Very nice. Okay. Tania, who you got? The wedding vendor that I'm going to choose today uh, is actually my former coworker. Her and her husband own um, a beverage company, and they also have like alcohol food truck that serves beverages. They do all types of events, um, but they also do weddings. And so they are called the Alcohol Heroes. And of course, we'll list their information in the description box. Um, But they are alcohol connoisseurs. They're pretty popular here in the Atlanta area. I don't know if they travel, but if you are in the Atlanta area, of course you can find them. Again, that is the Alcohol Heroes. All right, good stuff. So my vendor is going to be someone that is going to do the videography for my wedding and His name is Jameson Braley. His company is Jameson Ashley Films. He's based in Tennessee, but he travels as well, obviously, because I'm in Atlanta. And I just love the romantic moodiness of his films. They, I think, match my photographer's uh, style really well. And she's the one that actually suggested him. So, um Thank you, Kaya, for that. But, uh, and I mean, just in our communication through like Instagram and stuff, he seems to be really, really cool. He's like, if you ever come up here, I'll take you out to eat. I'll show you my favorite like restaurants up here because he 
recognizes that I'm a foodie. So that's that. Well, Michaela, again, thank you so much. Where can the good people find you? Plug everything. I'm mainly on Instagram. My Instagram is at Michaela J. J. That's M I C H A E L A J. J. Um, you don't see any of my styling or wedding styling on my Instagram page. That's because my Instagram is geared towards my other profession, which is a professional dancer. But one thing I am trying to get into is choreographing moments for weddings. So if like a bridal party wants to have like a dance at the reception, if you and your the bride and the dad or the bride and groom want to have a special dance, I will choreograph and teach everybody a dance just for your wedding day. So you can DM me and we can talk some things for your wedding. So that's about to be my new venture for 2020. I love that. Yes, we're going to push that. Yes, I absolutely love that. Tania is also a dancer. Well, like. Well, former dancer, yeah. you know, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of my dreams was to have all my bridesmaids do a dance. And so <laughs> I'm going to come find you. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley's currently making a face like, uh, say what? <laughs> this makes sense, though. It makes sense. It tracks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tania, where can they find you and us? So you can find us at HughIDo.com, HughIDoWed on Instagram and Twitter. And it's been a while since I've done this. Facebook. <laughs> You can find me at Belsory on Instagram and also on Twitter. And Ashley, where can they find you? Dimitosh on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. This was awesome. Yes. Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm glad I got to reconnect with y'all because y'all were super cool. And this was dope. Thank you. Thank you. I love the podcast. This is good for us. Thank you. Yes. I guess that's it. Bye. Bye, y'all.